0: just in time
1: well you know Doug school's out today the young ones are running around
0: I didn't I didn't know that
1: what can I say
0: I didn't know that oh it's veterans day you did it's veterans day I did know it was veterans day but I forgot that schools are out on veterans day shout out to the veterans shout out to the parents too shout out to the vets like David shout out to the veteran parents yeah shout out to us Double M fifteen, what up, dude? What? Just the two of
1: us on a fun Friday.
0: That answer your question? Any questions? Oh no. Did you now hold on. I know we're 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 way beyond we're way beyond Halloween at this point, but did you watch the David Pumpkins cartoon special?
1: I got about ten minutes into it, and that's where I left it. I haven't finished it. Did you watch the whole thing?
0: I did. You so you why? Why did you not? Did you were you just not into it?
1: Um. Yeah, I don't think I had. Uh, I don't think I had the time to dedicate to it, and I just <laughs> tried to flip it on to see what was happening with it, and then I, I never went back.
0: So many, you know, it's just a uh, so many inside jokes. You gotta you gotta really like dedicate time to it. Make sure you're digging in. It was good. (laughs) I liked it. I do. Yeah. All right, we got Quote in the chat. Jack in the chat. I believe it. Kevin in the chat. Steven in the chat. Jack saying, what is locked on hornets? Its own thing. And Doug and David are part of it. (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, Oh, see, I have to see the problem with this sound program that I have is i I've used the ducking feature. Ducking is a term that means putting the music underneath us when we talk. and it's automatic when I hit the button. But then all the rest of my sound effects are ducked. So I can't'm figure out a solution for this. I bring it see, this is the time when you're in the locked on lounge, you get you get some behind the scenes action.
1: that's right. One last shout out, if I could, Doug. Uh, Please? It's Friday. Friday shout out. Shout out to the moments. <laughs> last shout out to the season. We had our, our postseason banquet last night. Um, it was fantastic. We gathered at the Pizza Peel on Central Avenue. And, um, you know, it was a hard fought season, Doug. I never told you what happened in the playoffs, but. Um, we still have the trophy from last year. That's that's all I'll say. It was a hard-fought season. Oh. Yeah. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we lie. We live. We live. We live. <laughs>
0: This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. Make sure to check out Locked On Panthers with host Bill Rossetti to get you ready for Sunday's action. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend. The suddenly, uh, the suddenly sad about the moments, the end of the moment mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. David Walker,
1: never be sad about the moments, Doug. There's always another one you just gotta, around the corner. You got
0: to cherish it. Quote wants to That's know how right, you're enjoying Judah. your new phone, your iPhone X, iPhone 10.
1: Oh man, thanks for asking. Is it guys. is it I, iPhone I it. is it
0: iPhone excellent?
1: It's... <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's really changed my life. I never knew how much time I wasted putting my thumb on the screen. Uh, now I just wasted staring right at the screen, waiting for it to unlock. It's it's really something else.
0: Sounds, sounds incredible. How are you... To see, is, the reason I didn't want to get the X is because of the little, mm-hmm. the little black strip at the... It, it's yeah, not it's, totally... Yeah, it's, right. I've yeah, shared it, this before. So is that How does that work? Are you okay with that? just forget about
1: it. Yeah, it's cool. I don't worry
0: about that. All right, let's forget about this conversation. I want to talk. (laughs) Got to get serious here for just one second. The Hornets are getting healthy just in time as the early season success that they were able to pull together, pull their bootstraps up, get some early season wins. It's given way to road weariness and defensive malaise. But as we discussed yesterday, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has rejoined the team in time to practice, so he will play tonight against the Celtics, and he will start. Head coach Steve Clifford sounded anxious to get MKG back into the lineup after multiple games where the defense has been MIA.
1: Yeah, we got to get to our groups, and uh, I don't know how many minutes he'll be able to play. But you know what? We're 11 games in; those guys are here, and um, obviously we won't be able to get to the normal rotations here. It'll take some time, but it's at the end of the day, it's what we're doing anyway. You know what I mean? We're we're just you know like you know we're just making our way until they get back so when they get back they're going to start and then we'll get to our playing groups that way
0: david does clifford sound a little frustrated there to you
1: um a little exasperated perhaps maybe that's a good good word he's ready to get he's ready to get to those groups man um, that's what it's all about for this team. I mean, he's just – dude, he's got to be frustrated. I mean, think of all the changes he's had to make and we're only, what, like 10 games in? I mean, he's just trying to trying to piece things together, trying to get everybody healthy.
0: Yeah, he's had to play – I mean, he's had to sub a lot for matchups for, for – and they've struggled because you're missing your your player that makes your offense – uh, go that greases the wheels of your second unit in Nick Batum, and then you're missing your best defensive player, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, the guy that you can put on the team's primary scorer. Uh, so, yeah, I would say he's he's frustrated by the circumstances that have surrounded this early period of the season, a period in which we knew that the schedule was going to be very difficult. They've got the Celtics tonight. They follow it up with the Cavaliers, Uh, Next week, Uh, you know, some tough matchups. I I think they have the Spurs twice. Uh, They've they've already played them once and they've got them again soon. So um, Jack on the chat asking, do we know who Boston is starting if Horford is out? Probably uh, Marcus Morris. We'll get to a Boston preview here in a bit. Uh, But Marcus Morris will probably step in for. Well, Baines is already starting at at center. Because they've been going Horford-Baines. So they'll probably Mm -hmm. go Marcus Morris-Baines. So you'll see Baines on Dwight Howard, that physical matchup that I'm looking forward to. You double in 15 yeah. saying Clifford's a defensive coach and we are bad at defense. He's he is pissed.
1: That's that's not not untrue. Um, let me ask you this, Doug. If I had told you, given all the injuries and I told you that MKG was going to be in and out, you know, here about half the time, would you have taken this record to start the season? I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, nothing, it's nothing great shakes, but it's not like they're out of it. You know what I mean?
0: Well, they've gotten some great play from Dwayne Bacon. They've gotten a few great games from Malik Monk. I mean, they've been really lucky in that regard, and that they could ask those two rookies to to hold that much water this early in their NBA career. And Clifford addressed that at, at, at practice as well, that uh, it's going to make some of these rotation decisions that he has coming up very difficult. Because now, I mean, he did not envision Dwayne Bacon being someone that was going to to demand time in the rotation. That's not that's not normal. As as excited as they were about him, as much as they targeted him in that second round, it's just not normal for a second rounder to do that. And it's not normal for the Charlotte Hornets to keep a second rounder. So yeah. that that has been um, a silver lining, an unexpected result for the Hornets, and they will have to look into that. I, I also uh, noticed in that clip, David, that he said that the uh, the Hornets are – they're making their way, David. They're oh, making their t- way. I totally, I
1: totally caught that. Did you catch that? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Sometimes you want <laughs> where everybody knows. Woo! <laughs> I'm pumped, man. It, it's Friday. It, it, I, I hate it, 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 it for uh, – I used to work weekends, and I used to hate when people – I would say, oh man, it's Friday. Are you excited? It's Friday. I'm like, no, dude, I work the weekends. I work overnight. Of course I'm not oh, excited. It's Friday. And you know, you know, a- you know when I started being excited about Friday? As soon as I started stop or as soon as I stopped working the weekends.
1: You had a case of the Fridays, as it were.
0: Hey, Nick Batum also practiced yesterday and ran through some of the smaller contact drills. So some two on two, some one-on-one, hooping it up, running, jumping, all the things the basketball players do. Uh, further evidence that his own speculation that he could return November 15th when the Hornets return to Charlotte to play the Cavaliers could, want to say could, become a reality. A lot of it will depend on how he progresses in the next four days between tonight's game and the next. The Hornets will surely work in multiple practices here back in Charlotte, and Batum will get a chance to get some five-on-five contact. I don't think he's done that yet. He's not run the scrimmages. So you got to see how... How he does with that, but he has run contact drills, and I think that is going to go a long way in figuring out when he can play. For Batum's part, he hasn't just been sitting back and resting up, resting on his laurels. No, he's been a mainstay at practice, and he's been watching on the sidelines during games
1: I try to look at Dwight games with us you know when he wants the ball the way he ducks in the way he wants the ball inside and the way Frank's playing right now the way JLM's playing right now how I can get Malik open so that was a good maybe I tried to get the positive side about everything so I learned a lot the last six weeks
0: trying to stay positive David is that a positive sign that the first thing he mentions is looking at Dwight Howard and how he can get him the ball
1: no, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what he talked about before to start the season, too, how he was going to make a point of doing that. I mean, the Hornets have done a pretty good job of that, I'd say, in his absence. Uh, but Batum is going to be able to maybe help with some of those turnovers. I don't know. I mean, maybe Batum can get it, the ball to him in a little better position. Uh, maybe he's seeing something, right? Maybe he's seeing something that he can help uh, Dwight with. Um, so, I man, I think he's going to play. <laughs> like, I, like, I think he's really Gearing up to play next Wednesday. From everything that that Clifford has said, um, said he really wants to play, and it just sounds like it's headed that way, Doug. And I know that makes you a little nervous, but um, I know he wants to be out there.
0: Well, it does make me nervous because I think he is so central to any Hornets playoff success that they may have. First, you got to get to the playoffs, okay? So if he's hurt any more this season for extended time, that threatens that. But then, if you want to win a first-round series, I think you need Kimball Walker, Dwight Howard, and Nick Batum all healthy, all pl- Because that's this is a puzzle. The Hornets are a puzzle. That's why that's why Steve Clifford wants to get to these playing groups because the, the teams like the Cavaliers they have they're, they're a mental puzzle, but they're not a basketball puzzle. Teams like the Celtics aren't a puzzle, because you, you go to your you go to your main scorers, and they score, and you go to your main defenders, and they defend, and y- you don't need multiple pieces all healthy at the same time. You just need your one or two best players, and you can go out there and, and win some tough games on the road in the playoffs, but the Hornets are not like that. They've got to have these main pieces all healthy, all in a groove, and it's especially important for Nick Batum, is going to take pressure off of Kimba Walker. We've seen Kimba... Have to isolate so much, create for himself so much. Same with Jeremy Lamb. Think about like the offensive execution issues that they've had uh, against New York, against Milwaukee, and in other games, late in games when they've had to, you know, Malik Monk, Kimball Walker, Jeremy Lamb have had to isolate and, and have had to create for themselves. I think all it would not be like that if Nick Batum was in the lineup. So, important to get him back, but at the same time, I am concerned about re-injury. So, the staff is normally conservative, but you heard how, I'm going to use your word, David, exasperated Steve Clifford Mm -hmm. was at practice, wanting to get, it's like, give me my 15. Give me my 14, really, but give me my full crew, just just for one game. Let me get the full crew in here and figure out how these guys are all going to play together.
1: Injuries are a part of it, you know. But last year, with Cody out so many games, and uh, they just, you're right, they need all their pieces, but they also need to play the way that's going to maximize their chance to win. And that's, you know, playing tough defense, staying locked in for an entire game, which they did not do up in New York, uh, really didn't do, um, you know, against Milwaukee, the last win here, I think Clifford warned them against. Some of that lackadaisical play down the stretch. So they, you know, the margin for error to this team has always been slim. Um, it's getting better once they add more pieces that can play, but it's still not to the point where they can just go out and and half acid on any given night and, and not have everyone healthy. I mean, they can still win games, but to maximize their potential, clearly they need everybody healthy.
0: Daniel on the live chat. By the way, you can join the nest. Join the live chat here: youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. Danny on the chat saying, Batoom back on the 15, big if true, Batum goes the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes! Okay. There's also something else that happened at practice, or at least was caught at practice by our good friend uh, Rick Bunnell from the Charlotte Observer, and he, he, he has an eagle eye, and he spotted old Dwight Howard taking some jump shots. And, David, this is something we've seen early in games – Dwight basically he's testing this. This is this is in beta basically. This is iOS right. 11.2 right now, trying it's to get iOS out 12. Right, trying to get out the the errors in this shot. And you can see working with uh, shooting coach Bruce Kretzer there and going off glass with the little Timmy working D. The glass. What do you think about yeah. this?
1: You saw that. There was a game he tried to go off glass and no. he's tried to take that shot a couple times too.
0: Yeah. Is this exciting is this exciting to you? Dwight Howard from 16 feet off glass
1: you know why this is exciting one it's Dwight Howard from 16 feet off glass you never know what could happen and two it's keeping Dwight happy I mean honestly I think you have to build some of that into your game plan Uh, we heard what happened in Atlanta last year we've seen you know some of the history I I think that's going to keep him you know engaged and and, and look he's knocking him down
0: if this if this isn't exciting for you how about now key change let's go Oh, man. Not many people know about the second verse of the Cheers theme song. But it's lit. That was it. That was the key change. (laughs) Fun Friday request, Uh, compare Hornets. (laughs) This is from uh, Amber here on the chat. Fun Friday request, compare Hornets roster with the cast of Cheers. Okay. Now that's an idea. We got to prep for that.
1: Well, yeah, just right off the dome, uh, I'm going to say Woody is lamb. Sam is Kimba. Uh, Norm is Norm's Frank.
0: The, okay, okay. I'd go with I'd go with Norm as uh, Nick Cliff? Batum. Understated, brings the whole group together. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Batum. No one will say a bad word about Batum. Batum is definitely Batum is Cliff. Daniel says. I can see Batum. Batum. Oh, Batum is. Oh, see. Cliff. Okay, that that confused me because I was thinking Cliff. Yeah, you thought it was. Batum is Cliff. <laughs> Oh, we'll have man. to draw that out a little bit. Cliff's the guy everyone gets frustrated with, though, right? The mailman?
1: Yeah, That's... he annoys everybody. I don't think they have a Cliff
0: not right Yeah, now. I don't think so. P.J. Hairston. Okay, let's talk about this Boston game. The Celtics come into this one on a 10-game winning streak. They are playing in Boston tonight. Tip-off set for 7.30. These weird East Coast 7.30 tips. The Northeast, they're just like, no, we're not tipping at 7 o'clock. It's got to be a traffic thing, right? It's got to be a TV thing.
1: It's a big city, man. You know, it's a big city. They got a lot of stuff to do.
0: Well, the Celtics will have a lot of players to filter into this lineup because they're not going to have Al Horford. He's out officially with a concussion. He's still in the concussion protocol. Possibly no Jason Tatum. He suffered an injury in their last game against the Los Angeles Lakers to his uh, ankle was in a walking boot. So possibly know Jason Tatum, and listen, Tatum has played about as well as any rookie that's not named Ben Simmons. I mean, he's proven yeah. he's proven what everyone thought about him, which is that he is the most uh, uh, NBA ready of any of the rookies. Has been able to yeah, knock would... down his three, been very athletic. David, what have you thought about Jason Tatum?
1: Man, I've been shocked at how well he's adjusted because um, even though I thought he was. Maybe the best fit, like for the Hornets, a wing guy that's really skilled on offense. I thought it'd take a little time to get his shooting involved or just to get him comfortable. I mean, he only played one season at, at Duke, you know, but man, he has just slid right in there. I think a lot of that credit goes to him. Obviously, a lot of that credit goes to the um, the coaching staff and Brad Stevens up there as well. But also, I mean, that wasn't expected because without Hayward going down, he's probably not playing those big minutes or in, in, in the key situations every night. So I mean man, that's just look at what the the Hornets rookies are doing for him and and the, the Celtics rookies are, are giving that them that same boost to go along with some of their other players. So big boost for him, man.
0: And uh, what the big question I think for the Celtics and in this game is if they're out if they're without Al Horford, if they're without Jason Tatum, what does that do? To their league-leading defense, they are first in the league in points per possession allowed. They are first in the league in effective field goal percentage allowed. They don't turn the ball over. They do a great job of offensive rebounding, and they keep teams off the free throw line. And we know when the Hornets have been successful this season, they have gotten to the free throw line for 20-plus attempts. And right now, the Celtics are allowing 17.8 free throws per game. So if the Hornets can can get to the line can attack the rim David I think that they've got to get this ball to the rim in this one because they're going to be without their front court their main front court players and the the Celtics do such a great job of being aggressive on three point shooters they switch a lot a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kyrie Irving struggles in the pick and roll on defense. And so they switch a lot, and they've got guys like Marcus Morris and, and other athletic uh, defenders that can get up in your shirt, and they play really aggressive up front, and sure. they're they're allowing a lot at the rim. So the Hornets have to be aggressive offensively.
1: Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, um, Brown, two yeah. guys Brown, yeah, that, can, that can really cause some problems. Brown's been the other guy that's really been fantastic. I mean, well, not, not the only other guy, but the other – Young guy that's really been fantastic for them this season. Um, you know, from the first game, he has just acclimated himself so well to being in the NBA his second season, and along with Kyrie Irving and Marcus Smart out there, they can just man. They just cause a lot of problems, and and we haven't even mentioned Kyrie. He's been pretty pretty fantastic so far, Doug.
0: Well, offensively, if you if you just look at the numbers. If you you know really dig into the box score, Nerd! his efficiency Nerd. is down. His scoring is down year over year from when he played with LeBron James and Cleveland. But the Celtics are on a ten-game winning streak, and part of the reason for that is they've been able to count on Kyrie Irving and his amazingly amazing dribbling act in the fourth quarter to get open and knock down shots or get to the rim. At the end of games, he has sealed or saved several of those wins during that 10-game winning streak defensively. Now, everybody likes to to crush on uh, Kyrie Irving and his defense, but I, I think if you ask anyone who pays close attention to the Boston Celtics, he is playing um, happier He's, play, he's, he's more content. He's definitely willing to talk about that and to talk about how he's playing for a real organization now, quote-unquote. And uh, he is engaged defensively. He has his issues in the pick-and-roll, and the Boston Celtics and Brad Stevens, have they're doing some things, David, to hide him in the pick-and-roll. They're switching him on to bigs, and then if the ball doesn't go to his side of the pick-and-roll, then they'll often switch back on the weak side and and that's alleviated some of the mismatch issues that you would have with Kyrie Irving so the Hornets have to recognize that I think attack if if Kyrie Irving if they're going to switch Kyrie Irving on to Marvin Williams or on god forbid on Dwight Howard then attack that mismatch early recognize it that's another key to the game
1: yeah You, you know what concerned me about this game um is that the the Celtics really go almost, they basically go nine deep. You know what I mean? I mean, you got, well, not tonight, I guess without Horford, and we'll see what Tatum does. But look, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, Aaron All Baines, those... and Semmy Ojolet, that you mentioned yesterday, Doug. I mean, well, that me has been semi. killing. Yeah, that's what's been killing the Hornets recently, too. I mean, look at the Knicks. McDermott beat them, basically. Uh, O'Quinn uh, was giving them problems. So, like, yeah, the stars are going to get theirs. But when you couple that with the fact that Kyrie has been so good at at distributing to these other guys, getting the, them the ball in places where they're comfortable, and they're on this big winning streak because of that. I mean, he's making them better players. And so that's, I think, concerning when the Hornets have had issues staying locked in, you know, staying focused on some of these other guys. Um, and, and their bench, you know, has been good. Has been better consistently, but has, has still laid an egg here or there. So I what, think it's going to be up to some of those other guys to stay locked in.
0: I think it's pretty clear why the Boston Celtics have still been able to be successful without Gordon Hayward, and 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 I think will still be successful in this game uh, without Al Horford because they have their depth is in their physicality, right? Because they're bringing Simeon Zubleva off the bench. He's he's just a beast and not afraid to get in your shirt, not afraid to push you around, bully ball. And Aaron Baines is crazy. And Daniel Theus off the bench is nuts. Will throw his body around, not afraid to get physical with you. So the bigs that they have are just, they're just beasts. And they're going to lose yeah. some skill. That's the thing. If Horford and Tatum miss, they're going to miss some shots. But they're still going to be defensively okay because they've just got a bunch of crazy people off the bench. And I'll say this about Simi. This is an amazing number, okay? He averages 14 minutes per game. His usage is at 8.7%. The ball never finds him. It's That's, that's uh, uh, last in the league in terms of forwards, according to Cleaning the Glass. But his points-per-shot attempt is 117.2, which is in the 67th percentile. So he's in, he's in the top third in the league among forwards at points-per-shot attempt, and the ball barely finds him. That's incredible.
1: And all those guys are confident, right, Doug? Like, you see this on really good teams. When guys get tapped for, you know, a couple minutes out of nowhere after not having played maybe the night before or the week before, they just go in and, and play with such confidence and are able to be effective in short spurts. And that's what you're seeing, um, with those guys right now, man, it's going to be a tough one, Doug, but obviously it helps having Horford out, but I think Morris has played really well for them too. And he gives them some of the same issues, the Hornets that is with his ability to step out and hit the three, you know, the last Marvin, I'm sure to shadow him and and, and keep him under control. Um, so, but, but like Kyrie makes all this stuff go, he's got to be up there in the MVP conversation for me right now, Doug. I mean, Look what he's doing for this team in the East, of course. But, you know, um, been pretty special. All
0: right, we're talking about this matchup tonight against the Boston Celtics. 730 tip, a very important game for the Charlotte Hornets. They are 0-3 on this four-game road trip. A chance for them to erase some of the sins of this road trip. I don't think people are going to remember that Al Horford missed this game. If Jason Tatum misses this game, people aren't going to remember that Jason Tatum missed this game. They're just going to remember that the Hornets got a win over the best team in the Eastern Conference, a team that was on a 10-game winning streak. And I think it will do, if they win this game, the Hornets pull this thing out. It's going to be huge for their confidence heading into four days rest. And and, and really, we say you know rest, but they're going to be practicing. And I'd rather have the Hornets confident, feeling good, Feeling like they've got some hope against a Cleveland team that struggled on defense this season. I want the I, I so I think the Hornets have to win this game. They, they've got to win this game. I'm not saying must win, but I'm saying you they, did. I'm saying Understand. no, no, no. I'm not saying. Now listen, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth, David. I'm not saying must win. I'm saying they have
1: Semantics. to win. Okay, <laughs> I hear you.
0: Okay, what else do yeah. I want to talk about in this matchup? Uh, let's see. Celtics great on defense. Uh, Hornets have been great on offense. Not so great at defense. Uh, I oh, oh I did. I, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned Marvin Williams having to guard Marcus Morris. So one of the big things that has led to a lot of success for the Celtics against uh, the Charlotte Hornets is the fact that they've always had to put, no matter if Horford was playing center or power forward, they've always had to put Marvin Williams on to Al Horford. Because of Horford's yep. ability to stretch the floor, okay, yep. they don't have to do that tonight. They can they can allow Marvin Williams to smother Marcus Morris, who's only played this will be only be his fourth game of the season. Missed some time with a sore ankle at the beginning of the year, and didn't get a lot of a lot of time in preseason because there was a there was the trade, and then there was like a there was an issue, and I don't know he couldn't get into preseason. So you get Marvin on him, you get Dwight man I'm telling you I cannot wait for Dwight Howard versus Aaron Baines Dwight's got to keep Rematch. his Dwight's got to keep his head though that's the one thing
1: well that's the thing I mean you think back to preseason and it got a little heated got a little under and his skin, so. days all of australia
0: good, he's in the shower oh. Oh I'm just gonna watch, by the way I'm watching <laughs> the top I'm watching the Celtics broadcast I don't care
1: oh yeah um sorry I'm that's
0: gonna, that's gonna cool. take a, I'm gonna take a night away from uh, Eric Dell and Steph and listen to Tommy.
1: Um, yeah, man, uh, Baines and how, but don't you think, I think Dwight has been pretty, uh, under control as far as that goes this season. I mean, obviously got fined a little bit for communicating with the fans via wrestling uh, moves the other night, but so far I think he's been able to stay pretty much engaged and, and on task.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'd like to see I'd like to see those rebounding numbers uh, go back to where they were in October when he was dominating 15, you know, getting 15 boards a night. That'd be nice in this one. Uh, the, but with the Boston Celtics, they're a disciplined rebounding team. Where are they in the league in rebounding? I know it's high. Yeah, fifth. Total in,
1: rebounds is yeah, – yeah, they're out yeah, right there.
0: Fifth, fifth in total rebounds. I was trying to answer this question for someone on the chat. Where are the I know the Hornets are middle of the road both offensively and defensively in terms of rating. Wanted to get an exact number here for – for quote. So, offensive rating, the Hornets are 16th in the league at 104.2, defensive rating, they are 16th in the league, 103.8. So, right right in the he middle of the road, them. basically where they were last season, right in the middle of the NBA. That's not where the Hornets need to be. They've got to be, you know, according to coach Clifford, for playoff success to happen, the Hornets have to be top five defensively, and he believes this team, when they're fully healthy, can be a top 10 offense as well. Okay, before we get out of here, David, on this fun Friday, what do you need to see from the Hornets tonight? I mean, just bottom line, what do you what do you need to see from the Hornets against the Celtics uh, when they tip things off at 730?
1: Well, one guy that we didn't really mention in our preview, Doug, um Michael K. Gilchrist, you know, if he's hopefully, I believe he's going to be back on the floor, they can put him on Kyrie some. Um, but I think he's going to help them stay engaged for the full 48. I mean, that's been the problem. Uh, you know, they didn't do it against the Knicks. They didn't really do it against the Bucks. They, they scrape by there. But that's what Clifford begs for. It is a bit of a broken record, Doug. I mean, honestly, I, I understand why fans can get frustrated when they see these losses pile up kind of the same way they have in the past. And Clifford um, comes out preaching the same things. But You mentioned at the top of the show, that's what the Hornets have to do to win. They have to stay true to who they are. They need to get a little fortunate in the injury department, but they got to play that way to win most nights. Uh, Their offense has been good, Doug. 113 points should win you games in the NBA. It sure as heck should win you a game when you're up 15, even on the road in New York. So they got to stay locked in for the full game tonight.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people say, "Well, you got to slow Kyrie down." Well, that's easier said than done. I, I think that you just have to force Kyrie into tough shots that he may or may not hit. You're, you're probably not going to prevent him from scoring 25 tonight, especially without Al Horford in the in the lineup or and possibly Jay. If they're missing two starters, th- then you're going to get a heavy dose of Kyrie. His usage rate is already above 30. Like it already, the ball already finds Kyrie on most possessions when he's on the floor. So it's going to be tough to slow him down. But if, if you can do your best on one out of every two possessions, keeping him from getting into the middle of the floor, then I think you have a much better shot at winning this ball game. So, you know, it's just, I see, you got to slow Kyrie down. Well, you know, Kyrie's one of these players. He's one of the few players uh, in the league this is what makes him a superstar that he can essentially get to the spot on the floor that he wants to, he can, he knows where he wants to go and he can get there by any means necessary because of how fantastic he is at handling the ball.
1: Yeah. And to that point, I think you've got to make it difficult on the other guys. You've got to slow him down in terms of making it comfortable for the rest of those guys to play well. I mean, he's going to get his points wise, but anything you can do to hinder the Browns and, you know, the Marcus Smarts, you're not too worried about him. But if he gets going and gives them anything on offense, that's a bad sign.
0: Marcus Smart right now uh, in the fifth percentile in terms of points per shot attempt. Uh, yeah, among yeah. among wings. All that preseason success that he had from beyond the arc has completely yeah. gone away. I think you can ease up a little bit on Marcus Smart and, and shade some extra attention towards Kyrie. And then Jack here making a great point. I'm wary of predicting Kimball Walker going crazy tonight because they could put Marcus Smart on him. Yeah, we've seen that over and over, right? I mean, Kyrie is not going to be able to stay with Kimball Walker one-on-one and vice versa. Kimball Walker is not going to be able to stay on Kyrie. So you're going to have two teams – that are going to get a little funny with the matchups and, and to try to contain each of the opposing point guards. That, that makes for fun basketball. That's going to open some other guys up, and uh, we'll just have to see how it turns out. So 7.30 tonight, follow us on Twitter. We're going to be live tweeting the game. Uh, thanks so much for listening and watching us here uh, on Locked on Hornets this entire week. It's been fun, and uh, we really enjoy all – of the things that uh, you guys do for us in terms of listening, in terms of watching, in terms of subscribing to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash LOH. We've got some exciting announcements coming up, possibly next week, and possibly having to do, David, with t-shirts. Everybody loves t-shirts. Merch. Got some merch possibly on the way. So uh, keep it locked in here on Locked on Hornets. We're back next week with much more of the analysis and fun that you've come to love from Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much, guys. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Celtics. Let's swarm no, shot. Doug, no, Doug,
1: no, Doug, no, Doug. Yeah. No. Take us out. Just one more time. Take us out.
0: Oh, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah! <laughs>